Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we're into extra time! Kia ora and welcome to this week's edition of Extra Time. I'm Stephen Hewson. We're discussing the Cricket World Cup and Netball's ANZ Premiership Final between the Pulse and surprise contenders, the Northern Stars, which is in Potorua on Monday. I'm joined by our cricket reporter Clay Wilson and netball reporter Avinda Hunia. We'll also hear a bit later from former Black Caps coach Mike Heston and former Silver Ferns coach Yvonne Willering. Well, the Korea World Cup, it's underway, and England have underlined their credentials as tournament favourites with a comprehensive win over South Africa in the tournament opener. The Black Caps campaign gets underway on Saturday night in Cardiff against Sri Lanka. Clay, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts first up? That England match, has it given us any insight into the, the tournament that we may not have gleaned in the lead-up to the event? Not necessarily. All the talk pre-tournament has been about the high scores and how we might see record totals, flat pitches, small grounds in England and specifically the way this England team plays. But Owen Morgan actually mentioned in his post-match press conference today that he thought they were actually a bit under par with their score, 311. It shows where the one-day game has got to or the white ball game in general. Um, But I think we are going to see high scores at a lot of this grounds, perhaps later in the tournament as pitches get a bit older, a bit more turn. And some venues, of course, we're going to get typical English conditions, a bit of cloud around. We might see the ball swing, and that might help the bowlers. But I think scores of over 300 are going to be the norm. So um, 311 perhaps might even be on the low side. Um, But we did see what England can do and showed how powerful they are, not only with the bat, but their strength with the ball as well, as well all round with the, their seamers and their spinners and some brilliant fielding. Um, ben Stokes uh, with an absolutely unbelievable catch. Yeah, although catch he, was, like, he was out of position, wasn't he? That's the uh, first thing I noticed. He uh, was in off the boundary. and uh, But, yeah, great, great effort to, um, to, to get himself up and grab that catch. Yeah, yeah I think Nasser Hussain in commentary said one of the best catches in cricket ever. And um, usually commentators sometimes are prone to hyperbole, but when you watch it back, and like you say, he got himself out of position to actually recover and pull that off. So um, obviously, England have got all three facets of the game covered. So South Africa um, is expected to be one of the contenders, but appear to have a little bit of work to do. So they might have taken a few things that they can learn from that game moving forward. Yeah, they missed Dale Stone, didn't they? Out injured pace bowler. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll sort of look to have, well, be keen to get him back in the mix. Oh, no doubt, not only for what he does with the ball, but just his leadership qualities and experience at that level. Um, someone who's obviously played at numerous World Cups. So, yeah, they'll be very keen to get him back in the mix. I, I think one of the things I possibly learnt from that uh, was how big a uh, role captaincy is going to play in the in the tournament. I mean, we saw Faftupati uh, open with Imran Tahir, the leg spinner, uh, to sort of maybe just ruffle things up, set, set you know the cat amongst the pigeons for, and and it worked. I mean they got Johnny Bearstow first good, ball. Good for my fantasy team as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imran Tahir's in my fantasy team, so I was jumping about in the in the living room. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, with the way the pitches are, and 
Um, you've heard Kane Williamson talk about it a lot in the lead up to this tournament, and Gary Stead, the Black Caps coach, about having to sort of be adaptable and be able to try different things, especially with the ball. If the pitches are going to be flat and it's going to be there to hit for the batsman, um, you th- the captains are going to have to try things and, and uh, move fields around, try different bowlers at different times. So that's certainly something we're going to see from a fielding and bowling perspective, I think. Yeah, well, I hope so, because I mean that would be my, I suppose, uh, concern with uh, Kane Williamson. He doesn't quite seem to have that... Um risk taking as much as what Brendan McCullum did maybe to try a few different things and just to keep the game moving he possibly maybe seems to an over or so behind um, where things should be tactically wise um, you know obviously you know McCullum had that X factor not only when he was batting and that's something that the Black Caps are really going to miss but but it's also the captaincy and like you say on the flat pitches it's going to be making things happen that's going to be a real key and I think that's possibly where the Black Caps could find themselves a wee bit short yeah, I think we certainly have seen that Kane Williamson is less of a risk taker in all senses than Brendan McCullum, but although that's not saying much because Brendan McCullum took risk with pretty much everything, but um, perhaps maybe this is the time now uh, for Kane Williamson to show that he can do that um, because they have talked a lot about it, and if they don't do it, um, we saw what happened in the game against the West Indies, the warm-up game for the Black Caps, um, that did get a bit predictable, and when it became predictable and the pitches are flat and you've got world-class batsmen who can hit the ball a long way, things get out of control pretty quickly. So perhaps this might force Kane Williamson into being a bit more innovative and taking a few more risks. So, yeah, a win over India and underwhelming performance against the West Indies. Thoughts on how the Black Caps are shaping up when they take on Sri Lanka first up? Yeah, well, I think it's helpful to have a team like Sri Lanka first up. I mean, Sri Lanka, I've got coming into this tournament, perhaps even below the likes of Bangladesh and maybe even Afghanistan in terms of how much they've got to be positive about. There's no doubt there's match winners in the Sri Lankan team, but I think if the Black Caps wanted a team that they could go in and get a winning performance and get a good feeling and get some confidence, this is this is the team. I think the, the widely held view is that the Black Caps are, are among perhaps one, or one two, three teams that are going to be... Um, fighting out for the third and fourth spots in the playoffs. Most people predicting that England and India are going to be there definitely, and I I would agree with that. And then we're fighting out with the likes of South Africa and Australia, and then you also perhaps throw the likes of the West Indies and Pakistan and that mix. Um, but I guess the bowling is, is going to be the question. World-class players, the likes of Taylor Williamson, Gupta with the bat. Um, Trent Bolt seems to be the only one that really stands out with the ball. So what they can do with the ball and what the other the other bowlers can do to help Trent Bolt is really going to be a key to how well this Black Caps team can go. Now recently Clay caught up with uh, former Black Caps coach Mike Hesson who led the New Zealand team to their best ever World Cup finish when they made the final last time out in the 2015 tournament and this is what he had to say about the uh, Black Caps hopes. Pretty similar World Cup um, other than you turn up at the ground and the majority of people are, are supporting you and that was huge for us. It did bring a lot of extra pressures and challenges as well so sometimes having a World Cup away from home when you're under the radar a little bit, can just allow you to focus on the cricket. So you know, I don't know what's, what's better or not, but um, as I said, they're, they're quite different. Looking at the current squad, and obviously you've stepped down, but you've been around the team and your role with TV and that sort of thing, do you see the same sorts of team culture qualities that you had in that team? Obviously that was a big part of what yourself and Brendan did with that side. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think there's a similar group of people. You know, the um, bulk of the squad, you know, some of them were senior players last time, some um, just developing players, but they certainly fall into a leadership role. 
um, and they've had to sort of pick up a little bit of the slack that you know the older players that left after 2015, and that's been quite a good transition too. You know, your Tim Southies, your Kane Williamsons, you know, your Tom Lathams, you know, all played important roles in the World Cup last time, but some this year it's even going to be ramped up even more. You know, you've still got plenty of old experienced heads and, you know, Martin Guptill and Roscoe and, and you've got Trent Bolt who obviously had a, had a great World Cup last time. So you've got a lot of familiar faces, but they've all sort of moved up the leadership ranks in terms of how important they are to providing the culture and helping lead that culture. So, and then you've got new guys that have come in that have been there for a, you know, at least a couple of years and sort of helped evolve that culture into the into their own identity. And Black Caps culture is all about um, team first and doing what's required to help win games for your country and it's not it's not an ego-based culture so um, I'm sure Kane and that, the group would make sure that that culture would continue. I know your loyalties obviously lie here but looking at it from an analytical point of view obviously a different format this time away from home and a, and a different squad how far do you ultimately see them going? Look I have no reason other than the fact there are nine other good teams to suggest that they can't win it. I think they can. And I think if you get yourself in playoff contention, then you give yourself an incredibly good chance. I don't think they're anywhere near the favourites, but that's often where we operate our best as we you know, go under the radar and just go about our work. And I think if New Zealand make the semi-finals, then who knows? And that's all you can really think about is, is doing whatever you can to make the playoffs. And once you do, you give yourself the best chance. That was Clay having a chat to former Black Caps coach Mike Hesson. And, and moving on, Ravinda will get you in. Uh, the netball uh, ANZ Premiership final Monday in Potorua, mm-hmm. the Pulse. We've known they were going to be there for a while, but mm. uh, their opponents, the Northern Stars, that, uh, well, out of the blue, really. <laughs> well, let me just start by saying, finally, this competition has brought something into our living rooms that has been exciting, invigorating, and some real raw netball with, you know, in a game that hung in the balance. And that, that was something I think that was really missing from this year's um, competition. So it was great to see the stars, you know, rise above adversity in Invercargill and, and take out their elimination final. Good on them. Yeah, well, I mean, what, three years since the Steel were last beaten in Invercargill? And, and then yeah. they'd, they'd thump the stars by 17 goals the, the, the last time out. So how, how did they turn it all around? Well, you'd probably have to ask yourself, did the Steel maybe um, underestimate the stars really coming into that match? Um, or the Steel underestimate the stars going into that match? Um, the Stars, you know, really had nothing to lose bar a spot in the grand final, which, I don't know, maybe they thought, you know, at the end of the day, you know, leave it all out there and, and we'll see kind of what happens. The Stars, you know, really do play with their hearts on their sleeves. They're really renowned for that. They've got great leadership in their team. And I really do, I feel from what I saw, is that they were just underestimated by the Steel. And um, netball is very much a game of momentum and the Stars had it their way for much of that game. Mm. Who, how do you see the, the final panning out? Well, after Wednesday, after the elimination final, it's kind of hard to say now. It's, you know, the stars can turn up some days like we saw on Wednesday and, and just, you know, straight out of the gate. And sometimes they, you know, just uh, fail to fire. But on Wednesday, it's going to be, I think, a battle of um, mindset. A lot of the time, the experienced players of the Stars are really going to have to step in and prepare those younger players mentally for a, you know, an intense finals environment. Whereas the Pulse, you know, they have experience, been there before, third grand final, third consecutive grand final for them. So they know what it's all about. And I mean, third time there, they haven't won a title yet. So, you know, they're going to be hungry for that title. Katrina Grant, nine years with the Pulse, no title. 
she's going to be wanting to get her team over the line. They've got a bit of experience there too, haven't they, the stars you talked about? I mean, mm. it's real experience, Timapara Bailey and uh, Leanna Dubrain. Mm-hmm. They sure do. And, you know, and at the same time, they're both stepping away from the game, I think for good this time, not too sure. They seem to change their minds a lot. But they'll want to end their careers on a high. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's about the team, first and foremost. But for them personally, to walk away from the game with, you know, even being in a grand final is one thing, but with a title would be even more so for them too. Interesting in the sense, I mean, do you think the Stars may have played their final in, in beating the Steel and, and then that versus, like you say, the Pulse, this is the third time they've got there, mm. there must be a little sort of something at the back of their mind that sort of says choke? Yeah, quite quite possibly. And with the Stars, when you think about, you know, was that their final? And then the short turnaround to a grand final, you know, they don't even have much time to prepare themselves uh, for that match. And saying that, though, they've played the Pulse three times this year. They know what they're up against, and that's, you know, what they've got in their favour. But at the same time, so too do the Pulse. And um, the Stars have never beaten the Pulse before in this ANZ Premiership. Um, so to beat them for the first time in a grand final would, you know, make headlines everywhere. But whether they can do it or not is is, is a big ask. Now we also got the opinion of former Silver Ferns coach Yvonne Willering about uh, the upcoming final. Uh, she spoke to Ravindia. Well, the surprise probably wasn't that semi-final. I mean, you have a look at it. Uh, Steel was in a position, I think, they'd only had three losses during the season, so they were far more consistent than the Stars, who I think had seven or eight losses going into that game. But, you know, like the Stars players said, you know, it's about finals. In a way, it was a finals nipple clash because loser went home. So mm-hmm. they treated it as a one-off game, and they came out victorious, which is not easy to do in Steel country and in Vicargo. So certainly they took it to the Steel. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what the final produces because can they back that up? Can they back up that performance for one more game? And, you know, only time's going to tell that. But again, you'd have to favour the pulse in this game. They've been the most consistent team uh, throughout. The last game was a bit of a hiccup for them, but also they had different combinations out on court and they were probably already thinking about the final. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I question, I suppose, is that they have had a layoff period, what, of about 10 days. Yes, they may have played a few games, but obviously it was, uh, whilst they could be competitive, uh, it was the, uh, the score didn't count. It didn't matter you know, who they're playing. So that's going to be an interesting factor whether they come out with renewed vigour and, and really take it to the stars or the stars uh, want to show just what they are capable of but on the whole I think you'd have to favour the Pulse to win that one uh, again because of the consistency factor and also they've got some quality players in their team as well and they've got what I call combination work there Ravinda so we'll, we'll get you to, to do a pick, who, who, who are you going for in the, in the final, Pulse v Stars um, my head says the pulse, but my heart says the stars. Clay, on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, come on, you got to give us one. <laughs> come come yeah. on, Ravinda, come on. Oh. She can't sway from her heart. I think yeah. it's written all over her face. I'm a South Auckland girl, and this is my team. <laughs> Fair enough, Clay. Who, who, are, you, who are you going for? I tend tend to agree that the the Stars may have played their final and the Pulse, after losing the last two finals, are going to be too wary of making the same mistakes and underestimating the Stars. So I've got the Pulse by probably five or more goals. And uh, the Black Caps, Sri Lanka, first up, who are you going there? I think the Black Caps, everything says that. We saw them pretty convincing winners in the series 
back here in New Zealand over the home summer. Um, and I, like I say, I think Sri Lanka don't have a lot to be optimistic about. So I think the Black Caps are pretty clear favourites in that, and I've got them winning that by a reasonable margin. Ravinda, give us a prediction on the cricket too. Black Caps, I, Sri Lanka. I'd have, to, I'd have to back the expert on this one, and I'll go the Black Caps as well. I can't do underdogs in, in both picks. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, I'm going with you, Clay. Uh, Black Caps and, and, and the Pulse. Good on you, Ravinda, for though, you know, sticking it out to, you know... Uh, Go with your heart. <laughs> Fair enough. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ravinda Hunia. Thank you, Clay Wilson. That's extra time for this week. Remember, you can contact us at sport at rnz.co.nz. On behalf of the Extra Time team, I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.